party people to how'd you get into that with taco princess and we are in the studio with natalia perez hello photo photo what did you say that they called you <laughs> i've been photographist photographist yes. in the past yes love it we're gonna just call you that from <laughs> now on um so yeah natalia and i are friends hey. obviously <laughs> um and she does photography excellently if i might add so we're just gonna jump right into it and tell you how did you um start with photography like what was the very first seed that was planted yeah for so photography <laughs> i had actually come across um a bag of old old prints that my dad had made when he was in high school mm-hmm. um and he did like macro photography so he would do um really close-ups of like rust and like piles of string or different things where like you couldn't quite tell what it was Mm -hmm. um until you knew what it was and then you could obviously see it but I remember being like totally fascinated by the way that it was printed and the way that it was kind of matted and I was in high school and we had a photography department um that was analog photography and um I signed up my junior year and I learned how to process my own prints, mm-hmm. develop my own negatives. Um, and I was really lucky, actually. My photo teacher liked me a lot, and she didn't like anyone. Like, she was <laughs> super harsh. Um, I mean, she was harsh on me, too. But mm-hmm. she was really critical and really tough, and she graded super hard. Mm-hmm. Um, but she liked me, and so she would encourage me a lot and give me extra time in the darkroom, <laughs> um, give me extra attention. And I just, like, really loved it. And there was something, like beautiful and peaceful about being in the dark Mm -hmm. and seeing this like blank image come to life Mm -hmm. Uh, because you take this this blank piece of paper and expose it to something that you've taken a photo of and then when you put it in this chemical it just appears um so poetic i know i love it i sound like super cheesy about it but like i like it a lot um you know getting to play my music and getting to hear the sound of water running and it was just dark with a single dim red light and Mm -hmm. Um, getting to have that like solitary time to kind of just work on something and see it literally come to life just kind of really stuck with me. Mm-hmm. Um, I went a totally different direction in college and I wasn't really planning on keeping photography, but I came back to it a little bit later and um, it's kind of it's rooted itself in my soul and mm-hmm. I can't really let go of it. So. Yes. so when you were in high school, what did you um, like like photographing? Because I I know you mostly do dance and uh, portraits now, right? Mm-hmm. So what did you kind of do, like, preliminary? I've actually always been interested in photographing people. Mm-hmm. Um, there's something about being able to have a conversation with somebody or being able to connect and capture a moment of, emo- like, emotion and um, some sort of thought behind mm-hmm. the eyes like I've, I've just definitely found people the most interesting and like what their stories are and where they've been and what shaped them to be who they are now mm-hmm. um when I was in high school I did more things like uh tried to do um like Ansel Adams style mm-hmm. uh, like landscape <laughs> and trees and that kind of thing but yeah. I could find it beautiful it just didn't compel me in any way and it didn't like I could find other people's work of that stuff mm-hmm interesting and compelling and and beautiful but I just wasn't pulled to it like I wasn't drawn to it like I was to trying to uncover people's stories yeah no that makes sense and then you said that you kind of strayed away from it in college what did you kind did you do any other art or what did you kind of focus on there yeah I went a totally different direction actually um so when I was in high school and and started in college as well too like I 
did a lot of diversity training and like social social justice mm-hmm. um, kind of training. And I thought that I wanted to save the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, so ideally, like what I wanted to do was work in uh, international non-governmental agencies mm-hmm. um, or organize like INGOs um, that focused on uh, research, like research on human trafficking um, and then rescue and rehabilitation of mm-hmm. victims of sex trafficking. So like totally different like dark (laughs) ugly world as opposed to something with photography where like you can bring out a lot of truths but like there's a lot of beauty to be found there too Mm -hmm. um but in college I just thought that I wanted to really like dive into pouring myself into trying to help um address the world's crises Mm -hmm. until I realized just how big those crises were yeah and like how much of my soul was kind of like dissipating because I was spending too much energy on that Mm -hmm. and not really focusing on enough beauty in the world mm-hmm. per se cool so then you kind of got brought back to photography like what kind of took you back into that world like did was there an instance that happened or was it kind of like a slower start um kind of an instance actually like I had taken a break from my undergrad studies um, mostly for like financial reasons mm-hmm. and things but um, during that time I worked for Ballet Arizona mm-hmm. and I was in their admin department and I had like volunteered for them since I was young Mm -hmm. and worked in their box office and like I got to see ballet dancers do amazing things with their bodies Mm -hmm. and like I had never been in dance so like this was all new to me Mm -hmm. um and I was just hooked like I just thought that they were these stunning creatures that also (laughs) happened to be beautiful people that I got to get to know um so I worked there for a while until there was like the recession in 2007 2008 2009 but so I lost my job there um super sad uh and I was crushed by it but my mom bought me a digital camera and I like started photographing my friend's pieces Mm -hmm. um like he would invite me at his rehearsals and I started kind of like seeing what that was like Mm -hmm. and I had a camera in my hands again and I just started to like rediscover what I used to love about it so much Mm -hmm. because there was something really magical about looking through this mechanism and looking through this piece of glass and being able to see potential mm-hmm. um, and being able to find a moment that like resonated with me yeah and could also capture like whatever was happening in front of me mm-hmm. um, so yeah like and I was just really lucky to be friends with dancers who could really coach me and teach me like What positions to take pictures of and things. Exactly, because it's completely different. Like, you're not just looking for composition. You're not just looking for lighting. Mm -hmm. Like, that dancer has spent years honing their craft. And it's my job to make sure that they look the way that they're supposed to. And they, like, it does them honor, you know? Yeah, totally. All right. Well, yeah, we're going to take a little bit of a musical break. This playlist is actually curated by lovely Natalia. (laughs) Um, That first song was um, Santa Gold. What was the name of that song? I think it was You'll Find a Way. Yeah. Cool. (laughs) (laughs) And then up next, we're having Help I'm Alive by Metric. And then after that, it's Licky Lee. We are in the studio with Natalia Perez, photographer extraordinaire. (laughs) And uh, thanks for staying tuned to How'd You Get Into That? This is on BFF.FM. Happy Friday. Thank God. As usual, um, I hope you guys are having a great rest of your morning, or start to your morning, I guess.
What a nice song. These are great songs. I'm having a good time. Um, (laughs) I rediscovered my old profile playlist from my super old MySpace profile. (laughs) Turns out it still exists. I thought everything was lost in the Great Purge, but I found this like... (laughs) hella old playlist with like all of my sad songs um so it kind of sent me in a a bit of a musical uh space for (laughs) well since we're talking about music why don't we um kind of go into that so when you're taking photos or you know post-production which we were talking about a little bit um when you're doing that do you listen to music or do you kind of like your quiet space like how how do you get in your creative zone like if someone's taking pictures how do you how would you (laughs) give them advice on how to do it like in a more safe space sure yeah it actually kind of depends on the situation like Mm -hmm. a lot of the live performance stuff that i do happens inside quiet um theaters and there's specific music that goes to the pieces that are being photographed Mm -hmm. um so that is actually kind of interesting to my process just because like i have to listen to the music very closely to be able to anticipate the movements that Mm -hmm. the dancers are going to be making. Um, Because that's the thing with dance photography. It's like if it's too soon or too late, you've missed the moment. Mm -hmm. Um, So a lot of times I can kind of anticipate what's happening depending on the music choice that the choreographer has had. Um, But I don't have any choice on that for myself. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But that's kind of basically like plugging into what's happening. Mm -hmm. Um, But if I'm doing something fun like headshots or... Um, one of my friends has his own dance company and we've gotten to do some really creative uh, headshots for his dancers. Mm -hmm. Like for instance, uh, I had them in my bathtub with a tub full of water and like clouded with milk. Oh yeah. That's on your, that's on your website. Um, Sorry. I'm going to break into that. If you guys want, you should check out Natalia's photography website. It's Mm nataliaperezphotography.com. I'll link that in the, in the bio. So check that out. But yeah, you said it was um, just headshots of people in like milky white water, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so for that, like, it's kind of an awkward scenario because we're in this tiny cramped, it's my bathroom and like a (laughs) tiny studio in the Tenderloin, but it's like a tiny space, but you kind of want to make people feel comfortable. And Mm -hmm. so usually I like to play either some of my favorite like Pandora stations, or Mm -hmm. I like to have a playlist of things that are, um, kind of like they're not like too abrasive I guess Mm -hmm. like so nothing too much with like words per se but like sometimes I'll have like a a station of like house music or um, I'll have like the album leaf station going and it's just kind of ambient sound so that Mm -hmm. it's not like quiet and awkward yeah because nobody likes that or feels comfortable (laughs) Um, but there's still something kind of there Um, so that one's a little chill or like I'll have the subjects kind of play their favorite music so Mm -hmm. that they can kind of warm up a little bit um otherwise when I'm editing (laughs) I hate post-production like Mm -hmm. I love it because it allows me to like really kind of realize my vision Mm -hmm. but like time wise Mm -hmm. like the fun part is taking the photos Mm -hmm. um and then editing and sitting there and kind of like going through and like deciding which one's the best like is this one better is this one better is this one better Mm -hmm. is this one better and then actually going through and like making the changes to to make it what I envision Mm -hmm. that process is super tedious um so normally I need like some sort of like music, which like I'm a little embarrassed to say, but like, um, like above and beyond has gotten me through some really rough projects. Um, It's it's kind of like working out, like you're just like needing that pump up music. Like, yeah, we can do it. It's gonna no, I can do this. Just keep going, just keep going. And like that's the thing about that (laughs) genre of music, where like it it doesn't stop. Like you're just supposed (laughs) to keep dancing like throughout the entire night. So I can then edit for the entire night. Mm -hmm. 
So, but it kind of, I mean, it, I guess it varies. Probably, it varies, but yeah. that those different scenarios are kind of where that where that goes. Yeah. So, um, what was your first like paid gig? Like, when did you kind of break out as like a photographer? <laughs> I think I'm still trying to break out, honestly. Like, <laughs> you know, obviously, I I have a job that kind of pays the bills that's mm-hmm. steady right now because I live in San Francisco and it's an expensive rent. Yeah. And Who doesn't have two jobs in San Francisco? Or, like, let's at be least real. two, yeah. right? <laughs> Um, so there's that. I mean, I guess I can't remember like the first time I got paid. Um, but I used to do like children's headshots Mm -hmm. for like children's theater um, when I still lived in Arizona. And so, uh, like that was kind of fun. Like I remember trying to, like, I used to do theater as a kid Mm -hmm. too. So I was connected to it in a way. Mm -hmm. Um, but trying to get them to like, you know, really shine and show who they were, but then also trying to get a really flattering photo so that their parents would want to buy it. Yeah. I think those were probably, like, my first actual, like, paying gigs. Mm -hmm. Um, But then everything from that has been, like, the thing with a lot of creative arts or, like, with photography that I've found is that, like, in order to be able to make the money that you deserve down the line, you have Mm -hmm. to kind of establish these skills and create the work that's deserving of that price tag. Yeah, totally. And, like, for me, it's just been a really long journey of trying to, like, find my style and find Mm -hmm. my voice. Um, But then also find, like, bridge that gap between my skill set and between my taste level Mm -hmm. to, like, be able to actually, like, define, like, oh, this is how much I'm worth per hour. Yeah. Or this is what I charge or this is what this photo is going to cost. Like, it's always usually, like, based on the photo shoot itself or the scope of the project Mm -hmm. or how many people are involved, how much time, like, are there other factors involved as well. So. I still do a lot of things for, like, trade, Mm -hmm. honestly. Like, if this person has the skills that I want or they have a look that I want or they have access to things that would be mutually beneficial, Mm -hmm. then, like, I'll absolutely shoot that to be able to, like, add that to my portfolio. Yeah, that's interesting. It's kind of like a networking of art. (laughs) Yeah, no, totally. And that's actually kind of fun because you get to meet a lot of really wonderful people. Like. Mm -hmm. I've been trying to shoot more concerts lately yeah, um, and get into that music side of things just because like I love going to shows mm-hmm. and like that energy is amazing and like the lighting and the fog and like all of that like I can't watch a show and not wish that I was just shooting it <laughs> just have like a frame of with mind. everything in me <laughs> like just being like god I just wish I could be up front with those people that are shooting the first three songs and yeah. like getting these moments and like getting that passion and getting mm-hmm. those frames of of these people doing what they love you know Mm -hmm. yeah um so I've been trying to like do that a little bit more often but like I've never really shot concerts before so (laughs) how do I start shooting concerts if I haven't really done it yeah so I'm gonna break into that then so if you are learning a new skill what's like the first thing that you do like if someone is trying to get into photography they're like I don't even know where to start like Mm -hmm. what is the first thing that you do to kind of get your grounds I guess for me, one of the things that's been important is to try to identify what makes a photo compelling, Mm -hmm. like what draws me into a photo and keeps me there for a minute Um, and defining that difference between a snapshot and between like an interesting image Mm -hmm. that resonates with me in some way. Like, for instance, when I go to a museum and I'm looking at their photo exhibits, like I'm not going to pontificate on every image I'm Mm -hmm. going to kind of skim and scan and see 
which one captures my eye. Mm-hmm. But then what I do on top of that, it's like, okay, but why does this capture my eye? Mm-hmm. Like, what is it about this? Is it the contrast? Is it the, like, the subject? Is it the way the subject's positioned? Is it the perspective? Like, what about this is drawing me into it? Mm-hmm. And then for me, like, that kind of helps me unpack, like, what am I drawn to and what am I trying to get out of it? Mm-hmm. So, like, kind of defining my taste, I think, yeah. and defining, like, how I want my eye to see and how, like, what I'm looking for in order to actually, like, take the photos of what I'm looking for. And then I guess after that, it's just kind of, like, shoot every day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> shoot all the time. Yeah, like, yeah. do and just, like, ask friends, beg friends, force mm-hmm. friends. <laughs> like, do what you can to, like... Um, bridge that gap between like what you envision and then what you can actually do and then on top of that like read or Mm -hmm. watch YouTube tutorials or figure out how to do things or just like experiment like uh, a lot of what I've done up to this point has been like fake it till I make it Mm -hmm. you know or like I have the the film background and so I learned that but then applying that to digital like I'm self-taught in Photoshop for the most part Mm -hmm. and it was just a matter of like clicking buttons and seeing what they did <laughs> yeah i mean that that makes sense <laughs> you know you can't really apply something if you don't practice it mm-hmm. so or like fumble around with it and make mistakes or like not be like one of the biggest things has been like being afraid to fail mm-hmm. but then like you still learn something from failing yeah and if you if you didn't do it at all then it's like you don't even get anything out of that yeah you failed before you've even tried you know so try or or do or do not there is no try no try (laughs) (laughs) all right guys we're gonna take a little bit of a musical break this is natalia perez of natalia perez photography.com so check that out on the internet um do you have a an instagram for your photos as well or do you just have your website starting one that's part of that like crippling self-doubt section all right so we're gonna start her instagram (laughs) right now take we're taking a break um, and we'll be back with an Instagram and you are listening to <laughs> How'd You Get Into That with BFF.FM. I'm Lizzie Sleeshman and I hope you're having a fucking great Friday.
hello everybody we are on how'd you get into that this playlist is honestly killing it natalia by the way thank you um we were just listening to grimes genesis i feel like it's putting me in like a good mood like i was kind of tired and now i'm just like yeah let's listen to this upbeat music this is exactly the type of music i need when i'm editing (laughs) that's it and before that was like one of my all-time favorites by the Mm -hmm. knife heartbeats that one uh we go way back knife in the heart or Knife maybe a few yeah, in, in the heart no i don't yes. know anyways <laughs> let's get back to it um so we were talking a little bit before the break about um kind of your process um and kind of getting into it and your first like paid gigs and things um so did you ever have a point where you kind of felt overwhelmed with the amount of work that you were doing or have you always kind of been like steadily doing it on the side It's not necessarily overwhelmed with the amount of work. It's Mm -hmm. more of being overwhelmed with myself, Um, (laughs) which I don't know if anyone else is a struggling artist with the whole like massive amounts of talent, incredibly difficult, crippling self-doubt, like all of those things that you kind of have to juggle. Mm -hmm. Um, My biggest struggle or the things that I get overwhelmed with constantly, Mm -hmm. and like it's one of the things I'm trying to work on really hardcore this year, is my follow through like I'll have an amazing shoot that I feel so good about um and then after the shoot it's like the sitting down to do the post-production sitting down to edit sitting down to make the selections Mm -hmm. and like taking that time Mm -hmm. to just really like crank out that work Mm -hmm. um it's super easy you feel accomplished after a shoot and you have this rush or you have this high and then the work's not over yet but it feels like it should be Mm -hmm. and so what'll happen is like I'll kind of procrastinate and push off the rest of the work yeah and then the more I push it off the harder it is to get going and I guess that's with everything that's like the whole thing with procrastination but that's the most crushing thing like I have Mm -hmm. some projects from years ago that should have been done or like (laughs) I have shoots from my friends shows from a long time ago that like they should have had those, you know, or there should have been things that I should have put them on my portfolio. There's so many places that they should have gone. And instead, like, I just get crushingly overwhelmed Mm -hmm. and it becomes impossible to kind of, like, push through that to be able to just, like, finish Mm -hmm. something. Um, So that's that's probably the thing that I'm most overwhelmed by is just when there's a sheer quantity. Like if I'm shooting a a huge show, like a a dance performance where there are thousands of images to go through um, and then cull down to a certain number, but like there's still a a large quantity. And then there's a certain amount of like perfectionism where I don't want it to go out into the world until like I feel good about it. Yeah. You know, and like I've been able to kind of touch it and mold it to be what I saw Mm -hmm. um, and like guide your eye through it to be able to, to see like the way that I saw, you know? Mm -hmm. And so that process takes time Mm -hmm. and it's really hard to create that time when there's life and there's friends and my girlfriend or Mm -hmm. all of these things or like my steady job that requires me to work eight (laughs) hours a day, you know, like all of those things. It's, it's super hard to really carve out that time Mm -hmm. and give it to myself. And it's like, I feel it every day. Like I do feel this like these things on my shoulders or this like weight on my chest of projects Mm -hmm. that have gone unfinished and whether that's coming from like guilt or whether it's coming from like being afraid to succeed Mm -hmm. which is stupid but no less true yeah like 
those are just things that I'm working super hard to like not be consumed by and overwhelmed by. Yeah, no, and that makes sense. Um, so how would you like express kind of a way to get past that? You know what I mean? Like what makes you feel better when you kind of have a project that you do need to get done that's like has an actual deadline? Man, like- I'll take suggestions. Um, <laughs> no, <laughs> I am. Um, so like the the things that I kind of have to do is mm-hmm. like I'm trying to restructure my thought process of what a, a shoot or what a job entails. Like it's not just the shoot. Like I'm trying to end cap it between mm-hmm. like the actual shoot itself and the delivery of the photos. Like that process for me now needs to be done within like 24 to 48 hours. Mm-hmm. Like it cannot be done any longer or it goes months. <laughs> and that's not fair to anyone. Yeah. And like I wouldn't hire me if that was my track record, <laughs> you know? So like yeah. that's something that I know in order for me to be more successful, mm-hmm. but like I need to rein that in. Um, so what I've been trying to do recently is like if I do a shoot, which I've been really fortunate to get to do some really fun things lately, as soon as I'm done with that, as soon as I get home, that I load those photos immediately and that, like, I make those selections almost instantly or, like, I get, a sol- like, a portion of them instantly. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the other things that's, like, super hard is, like, relinquishing relinquishing control or, like, letting people see the photos before they've been edited. Mm-hmm. It's, like, we're all our harshest critics. And, yeah. like, if I'm doing mostly portraits, I don't want that subject to see the photos before, like, I've had a chance to make them the way that I see them, Mm -hmm. you know, because like a photo is a 2D flat image. And so all of the imperfections just come to the surface. Yeah. You don't have that warmth of a person. You don't have their personality to kind of gloss over those things that like you would never notice if you're standing in front of them or talking with them. Yeah. But on an image, it's blatantly obvious what's (laughs) there, you know. And so I never want somebody to feel uncomfortable about that or feel Mm -hmm. self-conscious about that which is why it's very hard for me to like show people proofs of their images like going through and making my selections and then creating like kind of smaller images that they can view and select their favorites Mm -hmm. like that's one thing that I'm experimenting with right now Mm -hmm. Um, it's not the way that I totally want it like I still feel really like uncomfortable about it (laughs) because I also feel like it reflects on me you know yeah no I get what you mean but I feel like in that case it's kind of you're that's like your harshest critic <laughs> like mm-hmm. you don't need to do that right like or do you kind of feel like it's like a necessary evil it's yeah it's a necessary evil right now um <laughs> and i think that like it'll get easier the more i do it yeah and it's just kind of restructuring the way i do things because like there is this pride that i want to put in my work where mm-hmm. it's like i don't want somebody to look at a proof and then look at the final image and be like oh like and like pick themselves apart you know like I want them to see that final image and see it the way that I saw it when I clicked the shutter totally and there are a lot of there's a lot of steps between those two moments yeah and that's that's my my biggest struggle yeah so when um when you're getting gigs is it mostly like through word of mouth or like how do you how do you network yourself like how do you promote yourself Um, that's also something that I'm really trying to like figure out. Mm -hmm. Um, but it has been word of mouth. It has been through connections of people that I know Mm -hmm. or asking people. Um, I was really fortunate to work with some really awesome salons and do like some editorial work, um, kind of like trade things where they had models and they would kind of furnish the styling and then have a makeup artist come in and do like the hair and stuff. And we were all just working for like this for trade essentially. Mm -hmm. Um, so like through those connections, 
I was able to like, you know, do headshots or different family shots for some other people. Or my friend has this dance company that we've kind of, that he's totally built, but that I've also gotten to be along for the ride with. And so Mm -hmm. through that, I've met composers, I've met artists, I've met sculptors, I've met other dancers, I've met um, musicians and different people who have connections to other pieces of art that they do. Mm -hmm. Um, So like, I've gotten to be connected in those ways. And then when it's like, hey, like, I have this project that's happening. Are you free? Or, Mm -hmm. you know, just different things like that, where they've been they've become familiar with what I've done when I've worked with that particular company or that particular show um, and have liked what what was resulted from that. And so have thought of me when something else has come up that was similar. So like that's ideally what I'd like to have happen is to have that kind of like recognition, recognition and recommendation. Really? Like when somebody thinks of a dance photographer, they think of me, Mm -hmm. you know, like there's so many really like good ones, but (laughs) I would love for that to be an association. Yeah. Down the line. Definitely. That's yeah. That's really interesting. Like the whole networking realm of photography, because it's kind of like, look for yourself like yeah well it's also really provide. hard as a shy person like my mm-hmm. I have learned how to be more extroverted over time mm-hmm. um but like my instinct is very wallflower mm-hmm. hard to believe I know but like because <laughs> you know me um but my instinct so like to ask like it it's um Amanda Palmer had this really cool TED talk about like the art of asking mm-hmm. um or like the power of asking and it is incredibly hard for me to ask because I feel like I'm you don't want to get something. shut down or something. I don't want to be shut down, but I also don't want to impose. Yeah. And I think that's like kind of one of the the crushing things that I've had to try to push through. Um, so like the thing that I've been trying to do this year is asking for things. So mm-hmm. like I saw my friends had this show at the rickshaw stop and I like gathered up my courage mm-hmm. and sent a message that was like, hey, I see you're doing this thing. Mm-hmm. Can I shoot it? You know, and yeah. just kind of like humbling myself a little or just swallowing it and pretending that I'm someone else and like asking (laughs) to shoot or asking to take a picture yeah um it's it gets easier I know that it's going to get easier the more Mm -hmm. that I do it um but so far like everybody's said yes yeah you know and that's like that's the thing I'm most afraid of is like being told no but like but I feel like yeah and I feel like if you're even told no then you're like okay yeah no problem yeah like it's I feel like yeah I think that like creative people kind of have a tendency to be like they're gonna overreact and tell me I'm like a hack like yeah exactly <laughs> it's like, like the worst how I was gonna dare say, you like, oh, ask no, me I don't think this time who do you time. think you are like how yeah. dare you ask and me you know, I, I feel like, like nobody responds you, that yeah, way yeah and if you ever did get that response like you know how you would feel it's not embarrassed it's like wow this guy's an asshole like I didn't want to work with you anyway <laughs> yeah thanks. like but, but yeah no it's never, the overwhelming you know fear. and then you know, so if you have that, like, even a little bit of anxiety to kind of create that barrier between what you want and the way that you get it, <laughs> it's just a really, it's, for me, it's something that's, like, constantly in practice, even more so lately. Yeah. And I mean, it's it's a process. Oh. <laughs> you know? <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, we're going to take a little bit of a musical break. But um, when we come back, we will be kind of just wrapping it up, catching catching all the loose ends and you're listening to bff.fm i am taco princess and you are listening nope no i'm not taco princess i'm lizzie sleeshman on this show i keep doing that this is bff.fm how'd you get into that thank you for tuning in this is natalia perez and we will be right back 
Just baby. 
are listening to BFF.FM. I am not Taco Princess. I am Lizzie Sleeshman. You'll always be Taco Princess. I know, it's never going to leave me. <laughs> but we're in the <laughs> studio with Natalia Perez of Natalia Perez Photography. And um, we are kind of just wrapping it up. But I want to ask one final question before we end the hour. And that is, what is the favorite, um, the most favorite shot you've ever taken? Oh, I don't know about the most favorite shot. Or like shoot. Shoot in general? Mm -hmm. Okay. So, it's so hard. Um, I'm putting you on the spot. I have to pick. All right. So at this moment, I will say, um, I got to do these two shoots with my friend's dance company. Um, Technically, it was like while they were actually rehearsing it and performing it. But Mm -hmm. um, one of them was from this piece called uh, Mine is Yours. Um, And then he also made this like mirror piece that was called Yours is Mine. Mm -hmm. Um, And it explored a lot of different things from this book called Sex at Dawn and like communal sharing and like connection with people. And um, the piece, like the music itself was um, commissioned and like a really interesting score Mm -hmm. um, from a bunch of different composers. But the things about the piece that really resonated with me were how intense the dancers were and how connected they were with each other um so for the the first piece um mine is yours um that one centered around one male figure and three female figures Mm -hmm. and the movements that they did and the different ways that they interacted with each other was just completely captivating like the piece itself moved me and Mm -hmm. when something can do that where i'm watching the even when i'm watching the piece like through my tiny lens Mm um it's it's pretty magical. And so with that one, like there was something about like the music and the movement and the lighting design mm-hmm. was incredible. Um, and the stage itself was just kind of open. So like the wings were pulled up and you uh-huh. could see like the sides of the stage and you could see the like all the way back to the stage and um, like the light would cut in and sometimes there was fog that would create this like really interesting architecture on, mm-hmm. on stage. Um So it just, like, the images that I got from that, whether it was from the front or, like, my favorite way to shoot is from the wings, like, from backstage. Mm -hmm. Like, being able to capture those moments that the dancers just really, like, it wasn't choreography. It wasn't steps anymore. It Mm -hmm. It was telling a story. Yeah. And it was communicating this idea and this world and, um that like some of my images like I think there are a few on my website actually from that particular piece so um you'll kind of see like there's this very tall statuesque beautiful human Mm -hmm. in a skirt and he um is surrounded by like these three women that are kind of working with him um and then the mirror piece was three men and one woman and the other side of things of like what's yours is mine Mm -hmm. um and what kind of dynamics those create in relationships but then how that was translated into dance and again with like amazing production value really interesting things that they did with the stage and with the scenery and with the music like those two pieces um even though they were kind of done a year apart yeah um getting to see what what they created and what those moments were i think were they just stayed with me pretty Oh, well. yeah. You have such a nice way with words. Oh, I try. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you um, for having me. Of course. You guys should check out her photography on NataliaPerezPhotography.com. Um, stay tuned for the next hour and, you know, for the rest of the day. Um, 
I hope you guys have a good rest of your Friday. Thank God it's Friday. TGIF. And if you want to get into photography and you didn't hear this episode, just start it from the beginning. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I hope you guys have a good rest of your Friday. Thanks for tuning in.